0: Hello, and welcome to the NCEA podcast. I am your host, Jessica Roberts, Marketing Specialist with NCEA. Today's guest is Stephanie Horgan from Archangel Education Technology, and we will be discussing stream in today's classroom. Stephanie, it's great to have you here. And if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners
1: um, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. It is a pleasure to be with everyone today. Uh, Here at Archangel Education and Technology, I serve as the Director of Professional Development. I've been involved in Catholic school education for over 17 years. I taught multiple grades in the Diocese of Raleigh, and I have proudly served as an administrator in the Diocese of Arlington. Uh, Here at Archangel, I specialize in professional development sessions that focus on assimilating technology into cross-curricular units. I've spoken nationally on the topics of project-based learning, um, technology in the classroom, stream, digital tools, and a few more. I am a Google-certified trainer and I really enjoy helping teachers uh, learn best practices for integrating technology into their daily lessons in really unique and creative ways. Uh, I've been married to my husband, Michael, for 15 years, and we have four beautiful boys, Andrew, Jacob, Isaac, and Oliver.
0: Thank you so much. And stream is such an important topic in the classroom. You know, Stephanie, I hadn't shared this with you yet, but I taught in the Diocese of San Jose, um, where technology, obviously being California's tech hub, was such an important integration into the classroom. And we had wonderful teachers that did it across all subject areas. Um, So stream is near and dear to my educator heart. Um, So I'm really excited for us to be talking about it. So let's jump into it and start by defining STREAM. Many educators have heard of this. Um, they've also heard of acronyms such as STEM and STEAM. What makes STREAM so
1: different? Absolutely. I, I'm excited to, to be talking with a fellow educator about this because STREAM is so near and dear to my heart. Um, STREAM is an acronym for science, technology, religion, robotics, reading and writing, uh, the R can kind of vary, engineering, art, and math. And Stream is designed to be led by student-driven inquiry. Students are passionate and that drives the questioning. This type of questioning that students apply to their learning and to the world around them what's happening in in the real world it's to answer that question how many times you know have we asked ourselves when will we ever use this when we're learning something in a classroom and stream is actually i feel the answer to that question Um, stream is not new to education but it it's gaining a huge amount of traction as a really effective tool for what we call cross-curricular education and Cross-curricular is when the teaching of two or more subjects overlap and the unit topic can be taught, taught across multiple classrooms. Um, STREAM, is it's not its own uh, curriculum, but it's, it's rather more of a framework for guiding teachers to enhance their critical thinking and problem solving in students. It's fascinating and it's so exciting to see it growing so much.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a wonderful tool to really engage our students, right? It's it's that um, it's that hands on learning tied with the cross curricular that I think is really unique about stream um, and the enge- kind of the engineering portion of getting students who maybe maybe aren't the best at writing things down, but can really build something unique um, and and have that voice and choice. So. How does STREAM enhance critical thinking and problem solving skills in 21st century learners?
1: That's a great question. Um, As a former classroom teacher, I, I know and I understand and I recognize the importance of having students make those connections across their subject areas and explore concepts with with hands-on projects and activities to allow for the expansion of their learning and their engagement within the lessons. Our goal as educators is to continue to challenge not only our students, uh, but also our fellow teachers um, to think in new ways and use new resources. Using stream-aligned thinking in lessons provides students with the ability to explore their favorite topics, to see them in new and exciting ways, to look at them in a a deeper view. All of the sudden, these subjects, these topics, become relevant, they become engaging. I think 21st century learners are are working to build fluency in, in what are called the four Cs, and that's critical thinking, collaboration, creativity, communication. Um, And so when we look at something like Bloom's taxonomy, uh, for example, we see varying levels of learning objectives. At the bottom of the framework is remembering and understanding. And it's kind of the basics of what we would expect our students to do. These, These are questions that start with words like memorize, define, select, match, gather, express. Uh, and students begin to have that experiential learning. And as they do that, they move up the, the pyramid of Bloom's taxonomy, and they're asked to things like apply and analyze. And even students in pre-K and, and kindergarten can choose and determine and organize and divide and illustrate. One of my favorite things with uh, pre-K is to ask the students or to let the students know that only a certain amount of friends are allowed in centers. Like for example, two, two friends are allowed in the kitchen center. And so when a third friend comes up, they have to problem solve. They have to analyze the situation, see that two friends are in there and either work to have one friend leave and go to another center or themselves walk away and wait patiently. And so. When we, when we give that hands-on experiential learning, it comes to life. And when students encounter a topic from varying perspectives, as they would with cross-curricular teaching, uh, they grow to the top of the pyramid. And all of a sudden, they're evaluating and they're creating. And students will hypothesize and predict. They will film and blog and even podcast. And it's such an amazing thing to take uh, students from that bottom tier of Bloom's taxonomy to the very top where they are bringing their learning to life.
0: And, And one of the things I love as being a former Catholic educator is our ability to really build out these curriculum programs or build out these curriculum lessons you know we have more independence in the way of what we're able to do versus you know teaching text textbooks and just making sure we get a b and c done we're able to really look at those blooms levels style questions and take the extra day or take the extra time so their kids are getting everything that they need i couldn't agree more i could not agree more now, all that being said, obviously, this is a huge undertaking for a teacher to like start to think about, right? I remember my first year teaching going, how am I going to do something it's like survival. this? <laughs> it's survival, it's and, survival. And obviously, you know, with years of experience and adding, you know, a little bit here and there each year, there's, there's different things that you can do. But with that undertaking perspective, um, how do our educators
1: implement STEAM strategies into current instructional practices? Absolutely. It it definitely is a huge undertaking. But I think to start with, it's important to believe that, number one, all educators, no matter your level of experience, the age you teach, the subject you teach, everyone is capable of incorporating stream practices into their classroom. And then number two, I think it's really important to start small. Begin with one lesson and grow to one unit within one subject and then all of a sudden that one unit leads to multiple units and pretty soon you've changed the mindset to think in a cross-curricular mentality Um, and then also three i think it's important to be willing to work with teachers that have expertise in the areas that you're looking to grow in Uh, when i first started i can tell you that engineering was not my strength, uh, nor was art. Uh, And I went to the people that were strongest in my school in those areas and said, teach me, can we work on a project together? Can we do something? And, And be willing to have an open mind and know that it doesn't have to be every single moment of every single day. There are going to be times and days when you have to teach a self-contained lesson. That's okay. Uh, You know, go for the big picture, the overarching umbrella, and allow students to experience the learning. And I think my final suggestion is to be willing to learn from your students. You know, sometimes we as educators and teachers, we feel that we, we have to know every single answer. And we don't. Our students are born as what are called uh, digital natives. And that means that they've been born into a world where the technology around them is growing and changing as much as they're growing and changing. And so many of our students have an innate ability to just understand technology. They're not afraid to try something new or venture into unknown territories or press a button just to see what's going to happen. If you listen to your students and allow them to teach you, you are going to grow immensely. I think one of the smartest things I ever did as a classroom teacher was to design what I labeled as a tech assistant uh, classroom job. and. Only I assigned this. Only assigned the students that wanted to be in that position, and uh, they were comfortable with that position. But for example, when I couldn't figure out why the smart board wouldn't turn on, I would call my tech assistant and have them help me. Um, I would have them help me click through the presentations. I, I even had a small group of students that were really excited uh, to help me prepare a presentation about an upcoming field trip. And... I felt like the role empowered them, uh, and it also helps all students to see that teachers are lifelong learners. We don't know all of the answers, although sometimes we feel like we have to. We don't. We can model for kids that it's okay to reach out and and to ask for help. So I think with those in mind, starting small and and willing to take a risk and take a chance and, and it's it will get better and you will learn the lessons and grow as as time goes on.
0: I think that's such a wonderful point and also such a wonderful idea with a tech assistant. I, you know, taught second grade for my first couple of years in a full classroom and had I had a tech assistant, things would have gone much smoother on certain parts of the day. Once I once I transitioned to eighth grade, you know, obviously I do to rely on them, but it's hard to remember that at this time in life, you know, they really have had that experience that they know and they are able to help and they feel empowered when they are asked. Um, So I do have more questions for you, but let's go ahead and take a moment and recognize our sponsor for this podcast, which is Archangel Education and Technology. So a huge thank you to our sponsor, Archangel. They have done such a great job in supporting Catholic schools and putting technology in the hands of our students. Thank you again for all of your support. And to learn more about how Archangel Education and Technology can support your school's technological needs, please visit the website arch te.com. So it's arch te.com. Thank you again, Stephanie. So, how, let's just jump right back into it. How does a teacher partner with other content specific teachers to implement and support? successful cross-curricular learning.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's really important. I think the first step is you have to have administrative support. So all of those principals and assistant principals, uh, be willing to let your teachers try something new, try something that they haven't experienced before and give it a shot. Uh, And administrators can provide support through really effective PLCs. And PLCs are what we call professional learning communities. And this is an opportunity for teachers, educators, content-specific areas uh, to get in touch with general ed classroom teachers and resource teachers. And they all come together to, to share their experience and plan together. And given that time to work together, educators can ensure that their goals align with the mission of the school, which is of utmost importance, and what is most effective for student achievement. Creating that trust leads to open communication, and it's really key for, for successful cross-curricular instruction. One of the my most favorite examples of this is uh, when I was teaching, I witnessed um, one of my fellow fifth grade teachers and one of the first grade teachers who worked together. Um, the fifth grade was learning about biomes and the first grade were looking at animals. And one of the things that they did was they got together and the students, the fifth grade students were able to teach the first grade students how to create uh, Google slide presentations. And they worked on that together. And the first graders had to do a presentation piece in the Google slide of their animal and why that animal fit into the biome. And then the fifth grader picked up and taught about biomes in the slides presentation. Then they got to stand together and present to the parents on what they learned. And it was so interesting and unique uh, to bring together those two topics, animals and biomes, in two separate grades. and, And to see the collaboration between two teachers is just warms my heart. It's so exciting.
0: Yeah, we had a similar similar um, type of project with our eighth grade and our first grade, because traditionally they were buddies at the school I was at in San Jose, and um, the first grade was in charge of All Saints Day Mass, and so they would all dress up as a different saint, and they were all, you know, picked a saint with their parents, Well, eighth graders had, um, you know, saints projects that they had to do early on in their eighth grade year, tying it into, you um, some of their Catholic uh, social teaching standards. So the two, since the classes were buddies, they started working together on their projects. And the eighth graders helped the first graders make little collages about their saint and what it represented. And then the eighth graders took it a step further and each made their own iMovies and did presentations and did all of this information on their saint. So it's really great when you're able to do cross, you know, cross grade level activities like that. And I think that that's often um, forgotten about because our, you know, kinder through fifth grade can work in silos since they're, you know, since they're multiple subject teachers. Um, and it's a little easier to think about it on a middle school, high school level, but you, you know, it's really important to remember that these things can happen younger and be across cross
1: grade. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that those are the projects that students are going to remember as they get older and you know when they're 30 years old and sitting around the dinner table with their family they're going to say when i was in eighth grade i got to work with a first grader and we did projects and i i know what all saints day is and i can name those saints and it's something that sticks with them for a lifetime because it's that experiential learning and it's not something they read in a book And it's arbitrary and it's interesting at the time, but then they forget it. It it becomes part of who they are uh, and they look back on that growing up.
0: Well, and it, builds, it also builds such a sense of community, right? When we're looking at, you know, eighth graders reminding, which we all know can be very difficult, reminding our 13-year-olds that they are role, role models. When they're responsible for that first grader in mass and responsible for that first grader or that kindergartner, because sometimes the younger grades, um, across the different, you know, subjects, then it just helps give our eighth graders a little bit more understanding of why they are a role model. And it's not just, you know, you're a role model because we tell you are you, you are, it's because you're actually, you know, there's somebody looking up to you. You're somebody's hero this year. Yes. And so that's, that's why these things can be so impactful to all of our students. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you think it's a huge role for educators to take into consideration stream and collective learning strategies? Yeah,
1: as Catholic educators, we are called to educate the whole child, right? The, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Cross-curricular education ties in with this mission by providing students with the opportunity to develop a deeper understanding of, of the topics taught. In Catholic education specifically, the integration of religion shows the students that Christ is present in all aspects of our life. It's not just in religion class. And we we are always encountering him and, and we learn about our faith and we can see our faith in action throughout the day. We can see it in that sense of community that you talked about. We can see it in uh, science. We can see it in, in reading class. We can see it in everywhere. Uh, integrating religion into more areas of the day allows for that greater opportunity to put our faith in action. And I think one of the best examples of this is Pope Francis himself. And he calls us to live out Catholic social teaching principles every single day, specifically Um, He names Caring for Creation in Laudato Si. Um, That's the encyclical where he puts out a call to create a better home of our earth for our future. Right there, we're actively seeing science and faith existing hand in hand. It's, It's incredibly beautiful. And to see the leader of the Catholic Church being out there and writing something so poetic and so beautiful, uh, just allows teachers to show the students that it can be done. And we see Christ in in all aspects of of our day, not just in religion class.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's really important that we figure out, you know, that we as teachers have a responsibility to integrate our faith, especially as Catholic educators, um, into everyday everyday activities, everyday lessons, as much as we can. I know, I know it gets a little harder when you're thinking single subject, but that's why this cross-curricular items are so important, right?
1: Exactly. You, you have to start, you have to start small and whether you start by thinking about science and religion together, or you start by, uh, you know, reading a social studies book about community in your reading class, the smaller you start, just start. you You can grow from there and you can start thinking in this mentality, but you just have to put your your feet into the water and and get ready to jump in.
0: Great. So let's paint a picture. Um, What effect will this have on students when we take cross-curricular mindset into schools? And what are some of the long-term implications for schools and administrators? What does it look like?
1: Yeah, I think the first one, I want to jump back and just say that, you know, it, it helps the students remember their learning. We we can all name teachers that brought learning to life for us, and that you never know the impact that you have on a child, and it becomes part of their core and who they are, and so the more you can do that, I think the more, the the better effect you're going to have on uh, students and it helps with their transferable skills, of course, like the critical thinking and the problem solving skills, you know, those are, those are skills that are lifelong skills. Um, It helps with motivation. Uh, It helps students to see that they're their courses are intertwined and not those separate entities. You know, just because you go to social studies class and you learn about social studies doesn't mean that you're never going to learn about social studies in another area. And I think too, you know, one of our biggest educational crises um, right now that we're seeing is teacher shortage. I mean, we hear about it in in public schools, in private schools, and in parochial schools we hear about there's just not enough teachers to cover every every need and cross curricular instruction could possibly be one of the ways that we address that educational crisis it it will continue to enhance the education of the students who who might not have a teacher uh, might have a long term substitute in a particular area the students can Learn about their topic in another class, and then have time to work on whatever their project uh, or product might be. And so they can work on that uh, individually or in groups under the the supervision of a substitute teacher. But they learn the content from another subject teacher, and they don't miss out on anything. And so, you know, I think that's that's one way to think of of a long term implication is is sometimes we are seeing long-term subs in the classroom um, who don't necessarily have the education background um, or they're working towards the educational background, they just don't have it yet. And so addressing that while still making learning very real, very fun, um, but also very informative is going to be important.
0: Thank you, that's great. And and let's talk, let's talk examples right because that's what i think a lot of a lot of our listeners are going to be okay this is all great great stuff but let's give a full example of a lesson that is stream oriented do you have any that come to mind
1: um. Actually, I do. <laughs> uh, one of one of my favorite things is uh, fairy tales. My students, uh, even the bigger kids that I taught still love to hear fairy tales. And so one of the lessons that I used to teach was uh, about the three little pigs. And you had the house of straw and the house of sticks and the house of bricks. And I would read this to my students and we would talk about that it is a fairy tale. And no, we're not gonna walk down and see the big bad wolf blowing over a house, but let's talk about what could knock over a house. And so in science, we would talk about harnessing wind energy. And so the topic that was brought up, uh, you know, with the with the wolf blowing the houses down, we would talk about that in science and make it very, very real. I would have the students uh, build Using uh, actual real materials. They would build a miniature version of a house out of straw, out of sticks, and out of Lego bricks. And that brought that that learning to life, that engineering piece. I would have the students, uh, you know, when we would look at uh, the math piece of it, uh, we'd talk about scaling. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to have them build, uh, you know, a real life-sized house out of straw sticks and bricks. However, uh, we would talk about scaled version. We could talk about area and perimeter of uh, the houses. We, there's a lot of mathematical opportunities to talk about it. In technology, you could have students sign on. You can have them share a character analysis, um, through Google drawings, um, where they can create a graphic organizer, a web to share a character analysis that they've, that they've discovered. Maybe they picked out one of the little pigs or they picked out the wolf and they've created a, a backstory for the character. And so there are just endless opportunities to look at stream and literacy and how you can bring it all together. And I think, you know, with, with in regards to religion, I think it's talking about, you know, di- the dignity of, of our fellow humans and solidarity and how we stick together and how the little pigs welcomed the other little pigs when their house blew down and how, you know, in the happy ending version of fairy tale, uh, the, the wolf and the pigs made up and they recognized that they could come together. And so we can talk about uh, the dignity and rights of workers who worked so hard to build those homes uh, and how something was taken down, but we'd stand together in solidarity uh, with our fellow humans or pigs uh, to, to, uh, you know, conquer anything that we might overcome. We're, we're better and we're stronger together with our fellow humans. And so um, that's just one very simple example of how you can take, a concept from literacy and bring it to life in all subject areas.
0: Thank you so much. That's such a great example of, of that type of lesson, of a stream lesson that's cross-curricular and really a great example of, a you know, elementary or middle school lesson, because you can have that done at any um, any level. And I know how much my eighth graders loved fairy tales, yeah, <laughs> even they though did. they Doesn't wouldn't have how they, it. they get, they love it. They do. <laughs> Won't always admit it. But if you sit there and you start reading aloud, they will be glued on that story. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you so much. And last last quick question is, what are some of the ways that Archangel Education and Technology can support teachers and schools integrating,
1: integrating, excuse me, integrating stream into the classroom? For sure. We have uh, a wonderful website that you mentioned earlier, arch-te.com, where we offer professional development opportunities for teachers to sign up. I would encourage everyone to go and look at the variety of classes that we offer. Uh, We offer at least one class every weekday. Um, And then we also offer the opportunity for training for larger groups. Uh, So if the administration is is interested in in bringing a speaker or or utilizing Zoom or Google Meet to uh, present to their faculty. We can absolutely do that. Every Tuesday, uh, I offer something called a Tech Tip Tuesday. It's just a short little. Uh, online professional development opportunity that's usually about five to seven minutes. And it can be a cool website. It can be a trick that I've learned. It can be something that I want to share with my fellow educators. Uh, Also, we have a lot of upcoming webinars. You can follow us on, on all social media. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got LinkedIn, and Twitter. And finally, I would encourage anyone who's interested to contact me directly. My email is shorgan, that's S-H-O-R-G-A-N, at dot tecom We can work together to set up professional development that's designed for you and your school uh, to get those continuing education credits, to uh, further your knowledge on a particular area, whether it be in math or science or literacy, or technology. Uh, We offer opportunities for professional development in all areas.
0: That's wonderful. You guys sound like such an amazing resource for educators. Thank you. Um, And thank you so much, Stephanie, for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and experience on the topic. I do want to just give you the opportunity to share anything else if you have anything that you feel like you want to just get one more little piece in. I just
1: wanna I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. This is something that has been my career and, and I've been so passionate about it. And the more that I speak to educators, the more excited I become because the the it's like casting that net out. And I just want to say how thankful I am for opportunities um, such as the NCEA conference. Uh, to share on a wider scale with all educators um, what excites me.
0: Thank you. And thank you so much again for being on today's podcast. Thank and you. thank you. And thanks to Archangel Education and Technology for having you as a great resource on their team.